0: hey there everyone welcome to the show it is denise you are here on f4w online you're watching speak now pro wrestling it is march 22nd which means it's wednesday and we're here talking about aew dynamite and if you're wondering wow denise has a really big smile on her face today that is because i watched one of my favorite AEW Dynamite main event um, in a very, very long time. That is because I feel very happy about what we saw here tonight with the closing of the show. Um, I cannot wait to talk about that. And I'm going to spend a good amount of time talking about that main event and uh, talking about that whole thing. Also, uh, just a heads up, everyone, if this is your first time here or if you're a regular, whatever, whatever you are. Thank you so much for being here. I seriously thank you guys each and every single time you pop into the show. Uh, It means so much to me. I must warn you that uh, my voice is still a little bit messed up from this past weekend because I spent it screaming at a concert. And so now I'm trying to get my voice back. I haven't spoken all day. This is the first time I'm talking today. Uh, So, um, so if at any point things sound a little weird, just ignore it and I'll press on with the show. Um, also, if you do want to help support this podcast, uh, you are more than welcome at any point throughout the show. To, if you guys want to get your question, your comment, your statement right here on the stream, you are more than welcome to send in a super chat. Uh, it gives you an opportunity to have your questions or whatever highlighted here on the show while also supporting me here on F4W. So it is very much appreciated. And let's get to it, guys. Man, I'm so stoked. And let me know if you guys want to um, let me know in the comments, guys, do you want me to go in chronological format today? which is what I normally do, or should I just get started with the main event? Uh, Let me know what you guys want in the comment section, but we got here a super chat from, um, Grapple Geekery, Grapple Geekery who says Omega versus El Hijo del Vikingo ruled. Uh, Grapple Geekery, I feel that is definitely on, uh, definitely uh, my opinion times like 100 uh, with everything else. And I'm just going to go ahead and catch up with everybody's comments. I love how everybody's talking about that main event. Okay, and everybody wants me to start um, with the main event. So uh, let's get to it, guys. We're going to kick things off at the main event and then we'll go ahead and uh, rewind and talk about everything else that occurred on the show. So, oh boy, here we go. We got a super chat from Reggie Simmons. Thank you so much to Reggie, who says, Speak now with the hardest working woman in the biz. Let's fucking go. Thank you so much, Reggie, for the words of encouragement and also for the very generous super chat. So, man, guys, and I'm seeing all the comments come in right now. Everybody has all of these different ways of describing the main event. So, now, where to begin here? While I was on vacation, I decided, hey, I have four days off um, from wrestling. I'm going to, you know, take the time to think about other things in life. And I get a, I get a text message from my good friend, Will, because I really wasn't on Twitter. Or I wasn't really seeing anything. I get a message from Will, and he's like, Denise, they just ma- announced this match on Twitter. And it was Kenny Omega versus Vikingo. And I thought, oh, my god they just what and so i go on twitter to just double check (laughs) i don't know why just instinct and right away i'm like i cannot believe this in when was it december i believe it was december of last year i had interviewed vikingo because he was at gcw Uh, He was at GCW because he had just opened up. uh, He had just gotten his visa to work in the United States and GCW was actually his debut, uh, his debut in the, uh, in the independence wrestling scene here in the United States in Los Angeles. And, so we did like a really quick 10-minute interview. It's in Spanish, but I translated it with English captions. Uh, you can watch that on my YouTube channel. And here's the thing. I had been wanting to get an interview with Vikingo for like the longest time, and it finally happened. During this interview, I asked him about this match with Kenny Omega. As they explained here tonight on AEW, this was a match that has been trying to be made possible for the longest time okay uh for the last couple of years you know they've been trying to make this a thing and unfortunately because of you know all of these things that ended up happening injuries covid all you name it everything kind of got in the way and it postponed this match from occurring now i asked him like hey are we ever going to see this match when is it going to happen And he basically told me without telling me uh, it was a read in between the lines type of deal that he was going to do everything in his power to make this match happen, whether it happens in his house, that being a triple A, triple A, or that being in Kenny Omega's house, AEW. But when he said it, he kind of basically hinted at, hey, it's going to be happening in AEW, um, but pretty much with a matter of, you know. Just, you know, it's a matter of uh, all these other things that come into play, right? And so finally, this match has been made. It was, you know, it was revealed not too long ago that when the face of the Revolution ladder match happened that they were actually, that Tony Khan was actually trying to get Vikingo for that match, but wasn't able to do so. You guys got to understand, like Vikingo is literally booked everywhere like the man is hustling the man is working right and so finally you know this all of the stars aligned and this match was announced and this match was made have to happen now as I mentioned I backed away from Twitter from this period because I was just doing other stuff but I remember posting my clip being excited about the match, etc. I later find out through some of my other friends that are telling me about all of the drama that was going on Twitter about people being upset that this match had been made. That was that this match was made. There was a lot of people saying who's this and just kind of being super disrespectful. There was a lot of people throwing some hate at the Kingo and just a lot of that. And I just thought to myself, what the hell? Like, I get it if you don't know somebody and that's totally okay because I don't know everybody that's out there wrestling. There's so many people that I'm like, I don't know who this person is, but that's cool. I'm going to find out. Um, But with that being said, I think a lot of it got very, very negative and very ugly very fast and seen a lot of those comments and what people were saying. And when that was brought to my attention, I legitimately felt upset. I was so upset because I have now been following vikingo and watching his matches for years now. I mean, you can go back and find some of my old tweets where I'm tweeting about I can't wait till people discover vikingo. I can't wait till this I can't wait to that. Um, I can't wait till vikingo gets into the United States. I can't wait for this for that. And so because I had seen you know what he was capable of and uh and so many people have by the way like so many like there is a huge percentage of people that were like excited for this match and looking forward to it and knew that this was going to be crazy and there was a lot of people criticizing um, whether or not it was or should be classified a dream match. Now, I get that this may not be, you know, again, Vikingo may not be totally known by everybody, and that's fine. And so a lot of people were angry about it being a dream match without realizing that for a, lo- a lot of people, this definitely was a dream match it was a dream match for a lot of people, including. The wrestlers themselves, a dream match for Kenny Omega, a dream match for Vikingo and so many people, including myself. And so with that being said, when this match, because of all of that, and because I was so upset seeing some of the stuff that was put out there on social media, I finally, when this match was today and I'm like, okay, let's go. I had kind of, you know, when you're in an argument with somebody and you know, you're right. And you're like, oh, let Google prove my argument, and then you Google something, and you're right, and you're just there with like a smirk and a big smile on your face. That is exactly how I felt watching this match because I knew that people were going to love it. I knew that people were going to enjoy it, and it freaking delivered. It n- let me correct myself. It over delivered. There was an interview that Vikingo did with uh, SI, and. Um, He said in that interview that he was going to be trying out like new moves and new things. And here's the thing about Vikingo, that it isn't all just the, you know, the being able to do 630s and this and that and 450 splashes and this and that. It's not just that, but it's also the uh, method and the technique in which this is done and how it's executed during different parts of like in different parts of the ring um and just different ways uh how he got from like one thing to another it, it, it's nuts it's a lot of the in-between stuff and the setup of these big moves and basically how they he just kind of keeps going so i do want to talk about some of the big moments during this particular matchup because um really by the way guys this to me was this was the only like this was the musty thing on dynamite like if you didn't watch dynamite today Honestly, this would, I would say, this is the only thing you, honest to God, need to watch is this main event and everything that unfolds afterwards. So, this starts off hot, by the way. Two dives, like, Kenny Omega isn't even completed with his uh, entrance. He isn't even like there yet. He's still doing his entrance. And Vikingo's still in his big giant coat. And he goes out there and gets this match started like really, really fast. Now, I tried to write down like every little thing that was done in this, but I can't even go and and, and and I can't even go down and tell you everything that he did here, because there was some stuff where I was like, I don't even know what that is. I don't even know how he did it. I don't even know how he got from there to there. But there was just everything that you can think of. Like within seconds, you were getting this is awesome chance. You were getting hurricanis, 450 splash. Um, There was a moment throughout this match where um, Kenny Omega was kind of working the back of, of Kingo, throwing him against the barricade uh, trying to uh, during the commercial break going after it again during the picture and picture we come back from the picture and picture we see um, we literally see like a reverse Hurricanana we see them exchange some chop, chops in the ring apron and i was getting like super nervous during this we see Kenny get him with a boot we see a very very uh, a monkey flip from Kenny to Binquingo where i was so nervous when this was done cuz it was kind of scary like just like the setup of it and you're like oh my god but it ends up being like really cool but you're kind of on the edge as you're watching them attempt these things that you don't very get you don't get to see very often especially the way that they particular that they in particular did that. There was a moment where Kenny Omega attempted to do a snapdragon suplex on Vikingo, but Vikingo instead does like a freaking dragon rana that is just so crazy. I don't even know how it was executed. It was like off the top, off the top of the uh, of the off the top of the freaking turnbuckle onto the ropes. I mean, it was just so much. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, Vikingo going out there with the insta both of them going to the top rope. We see um this was a really cool spot. And I mentioned there was a moment where, so earlier I mentioned how Bikingo does certain things and how he sets certain things up. You're like, wait, how is he going to get from there to there? Like, it's not the usual setup that you see for certain things. There was one moment where he set himself up on the outside of the ropes and he's in the middle rope on the outside and Kenny Omega's on the inside of the ring. And I'm like, How's he gonna get from there to there? It, what's he gonna do here? It it, it was kind of crazy, but um, he ends up um doing a, a phoenix splash from the outside in the middle rope to the inside where Kenny Omega was at, like, I can't even explain it, guys. It was freaking nuts. Um, After this, we do see Kenny Omega hit Vikingo with the V trigger, but Bakingo, uh, kicks out from this. And then afterwards, we just see more. So at one point, Kenny Omega sets up a table on the outside. And the whole time that that table was there, I'm like, okay, what the hell? What crazy thing are they going to do here? I was so nervous about it. And then finally, uh, obviously, Kenny Omega is the one that uh, ends up being put through the table and it's because vikingo did like a running 630 and then um, even before that we see like this really crazy like soul sunset flip from vikingo i mean it's just non-stop but finally for the actual finish we see a v trigger from kenny omega he hits he hits the one winged angel and gets the official win and prior to that uh, Bakingo had gone for the 630, but Kenny Omega moved out of the way. So it really led, it, it bled into the finish very nicely because it was kind of like he kind of screwed himself in the end and then took the B trigger and the one-winged Angel. So it's a really, really definitive finish, but it was an exciting match all the way through. And I was just so happy because Vikingo not only had this massive platform to uh, showcase his skills, but also, um, and they were making sure to mention this a lot on commentary, where commentary was like, This is, if you didn't know who Vikingo was, you know now. And they were kind of alluding a lot to what some of the social commentary that was made when the match was announced. So I really liked that. Uh, he went out there proved people why he deserved that spot, why this match was made, and why it was deemed a dream match, and I also like that for the people that you, that, that didn't know legitimately who Vikinga was, I feel like now you got, like, a real cool opportunity to discover someone new, and I just think that's freaking awesome. So I'm happy. I feel like Oh, I feel so happy. Okay, I don't know what to do with it, guys. I have too much energy from this match. I don't know what to do with all this energy right now. But let me hear your thoughts. Uh, What did you guys think? And then we'll talk about the post-match stuff in just a second. But I do want to focus first on the actual body of the match and some of your guys' thoughts and honest opinions and how you guys felt about um, when the match was made, where you feel now uh, regarding the match. I would really love to hear what you guys are saying here. Um, But let's see what else we got here. Richard Martinez sends in a super chat saying... Vikingo, who is he? He is him. I love seeing my people go out there and represent. I wanted him to win, but it was dope that he got to go and show out. For a second, there was a split second where I did think that Vikingo was going to win, and this was prior to the match actually starting because we had and this is going to bleed into what we're going to talk about uh afterwards, but at the top of the show, uh the young bucks are attacked and uh, apparently it's the ba- Blackpool Combat Club. They're taking in an ambulance. And so j- before the match, there's a backstage segment where Don Callis is kind of kind of being, I was going to say kind of being a jerk, but Don Callis kind of always is, right? But Don Callis is telling because Kenny Omega's, you know, not really, his head's not in the game. He's kind of all over the place and, uh, you know, he's not really too focused and. Don Callis is trying to snap him out of it. He's like, don't worry. Like, you know, what's bugging you right now? And he's like, what's bugging me? Like, dude, my friends are in the freaking hospital. They were attacked. They were taken in an ambulance. And he's like, oh, don't worry. Those two kids, they're going to be fine. And so really not caring about the young bucks at all. But I thought, hmm, what if this plays into the match where they tell a story of like the Kingo gets the win on Kenny Omega because Kenny Omega was distracted by everything else that was going on uh, surrounding the young bucks. So I was thinking like there was a good possibility of them doing that. Oh, my God. I thought that would have been so freaking awesome. But I don't care. This was this this was the kind of match where you don't care who wins because you can't really be mad because it's so good. And what you got was so good. And so I'm just freaking happy. And Richard Martinez also mentions, you know, representation and this and that. Dude, if anybody was representing Lucha tonight, it was definitely freaking Bikingo. I think he came out there and he really showed that, hey, this is what we can do. This is why you should be showcasing us uh, in these big promotions because for a long time, guys, I'm, I've talked about this so many times. For so long, you always see, um, You know Latino wrestlers always get put in the exact same spot on every roster and you never see them do anything with them and it's so frustrating and you're like why do something with them try something with them there's so much talent there to be to be seen to be exploited to the masses and so we can get very frustrating that's why whenever I see people like bandito like the lucha brothers um you know obviously we're here talking about vikingo commander all of these people get the opportunities to show what they can do it's so exciting because it's like yes these people are out there and they can do incredible work incredible work and um just because of where you're from does not mean that you cannot be highlighted on a big platform and be showcased just and have these incredible dream matches um, with competitors with people like kenny omega and several others of course but uh thank you so much to richard martinez for sending in this super chat it's really appreciated and i'm gonna go through um a couple of uh, more comments this is from juan ortega who says that plancha at the start went from zero to 100 uh you dude like the speed in which he was doing things it was really crazy raf says this match was pay per view worthy um let's see what else we got here and uh, let's see what what we got this is from Rings who says i like vikingo i thought the match was really fun and great but unless this match is followed up by Bikingo being front and center in the US for the next two months, he will be forgotten in two months. Here's the thing: he's still doing the indie circuit, he's obviously you know in Mexico doing all of the stuff that he's doing, and so he's going about and do he's working, man. Like the man's working. Uh, this was at least right now i um, don't there hasn't been any other announcements or anything about anything else but this was a special attraction kind of match this was a dream match this was a kind of like a once in a lifetime type deal at least for right now you know for right now it was a once in a you know, whenever else they decide to do it again type thing. Um, So for me, I would not say like, oh, he's going to be forgotten about. Maybe to that specific crowd, to maybe the only people that only watch AEW. But for those that are watching and following the indie scene, for those that are watching Lucha, uh, he's still very much going to be moving on and doing different things. So, of course, everybody has different viewing habits. And that was one of my other issues that I had with a lot of the criticisms online was that it's okay if you just watch one promotion but to pretend like these other promotions don't exist, like these other workers outside of these promotions don't exist is just super like it's, it's, it's ignorant, you know, like I get it. If you don't know someone is like, there's so many people that are killing it in other promotions that I don't know about. And I'm like, Oh, that's clearly my thing because I haven't watched, but that doesn't mean that there aren't other people that I'm not watching out there killing it. Um, so yeah, so that was definitely something that I also wanted to make sure um, that I brought up um, here. Uh, we got Shady Havoc who says all of his moves are so fucking uh, crisp, and those are really hard. How many times don't you see guys try to do things like that and they don't look crisp, and uh, you know they get called indirific and all these other words that are brought up, and you don't you don't get that with vikingo on this one, um, Brandon Stark says that springboard 630 sent on Vikingo hit from the middle of the rope to the inside of the ring to the outside of the table. <laughs> exactly. Brandon Stark, it's like it's hard to even describe, but he puts the lit emoji and the clapping emoji. Justin Martin sends in a super chat. Uh, thank you so much to Justin, who says, the world knows who Bakingo is now. The dude is human video game. Unbelievable, unbelievable match. I love the return of the over the top Kenny singles intro. I do. I do too. Um, and it was a good one too. Like long and some good stuff thrown in there. Uh, it was great. It was honestly great to see that. And I feel like I missed Kenny Omega in a single singles division. Kenny Omega so much because of stuff like this. I want to see Kenny go out there and have all of these you know, matches with all of these people. I want to see that. I want to see that. And so we got some of that today. So that was definitely fun. Uh, and we'll talk about everything that happened afterwards in just a second. But uh, thank you so much to Justin uh, Justin, for sending in that super chat. I really thank you and appreciate that. Um, man, Juan Ortega says that code red, that code red, one second, let me pull up your comment. He says that code red sunset flip uh, power uh, bomb, excuse me. Um uh, Kenny Omega was like, that was a two, right? Dude, there was some really um close near falls that we got where I really thought, hell, let's freaking do it. We got a mere F says, What about Kenny versus Bandito? I kind of wish we were seeing more of Bandito um on AEW. It's kind of a shame that we don't get to see him that often, but Man, what can I say? I, I hope you see Bandito more often on the show. Christopher Marino sends in a super chat saying, I'm going to be at Joey Janela's spring break and get to see Bakingo live. Hell yes. Um, and I've only seen Bakingo live twice. I saw him in this match against Ray Phoenix at uh, Triple Mania. And then I also got to see him at uh, GCW. Those were the only two times I got to see him live, like in person. So I was very happy to even just be like in the same vicinity to watch rape Phoenix and Bakingo, um, in freaking Mexico city. Like what, what? That was kind of a, that was a pinch me moment. When I was there in the venue, I, I was just thinking to myself, Oh my God, Denise. You're watching lucha for the very first time in Mexico in Mexico City and you're watching Vikingo versus Ray Phoenix right now. And I rem- and you're in at Triple Mania like this is the biggest thing and you're also working here for at least today. And I just remember thinking to myself like how did this even happen? So anyways, yes. Um, you're going to have an incredible time. Thank you so much to Christopher Marino for sending in this super chat as well. And I love I love that everybody's sending in like specific moments of the match that they loved. Um, because there was a lot that I think everybody's going to take a different piece from this match that they're really just going to remember. Nick Grosso sends in a super chat saying Don Callis pulled in Eddie Guerrero. Is he going to turn on the elite and go with the Blackpool combat club? So let's talk about that Um, because this goes into what happened after the match. So, apologies guys my throat is so messed up Um, so the Blackpool Combat Club as we know is well as was alluded to basically that they are the ones that did the attack on the Young Bucks and I think we all pretty much knew knew this already but still um, because you know they were doing their whole beef and we saw everything uh, how everything unfolded uh, the previous week with the Blackpool Combat Club staring down Hangman and the Elite having his back and you're like wait what's happening here are we circling back to this what's going on Um, so so we during this there's a moment where um when all this you know melee occurs you see so Kenny Omega's distracted and we see Don Callis basically pretend that Hangman Page did something to him and by the time Kenny Omega turns back he's he's thinks he's he just sees Don Callis on the floor and and he sees Hangman Page there and Hangman's like what the hell like I didn't do anything and uh And uh, Kenny Omega kind of doesn't, it's not that he doesn't know who to believe because he believes Don Callis right away because he kind of like, you know, says something to hangman page and so they kind of have this moment where he's like what the hell like why would you do this you know type of type of deal and so you see a little bit of this argument and then so what you're seeing here is don callis today is clearly showing that he's kind of the mastermind or seems to be the mastermind behind all of this because he didn't care about the young bucks getting jumped uh and then he Put this you know wedge in between uh, you know we already know the history between hangman page and kenny omega they're long a uh, very complicated history and he kind of put a further he kind of put a wedge in between that even trying to become a thing today he was like nah i'm gonna put a stop to this right now um by getting in the way so that was something where i was like oh shoot i kind of like these types of layers of storytelling where it's like okay what's your role in this? And how, what are you, why are you doing this? Why are you specifically go? Why are you specifically putting a stop to this? Why aren't you letting this happen between a page and Omega? And so that was kind of cool to see. And for me, I'm really liking that we're circling back to this because Hangman Page and Kenny Omega and everything that they've done together, it's one of those things where you're, to me, that's when you think about like the, the, this period of AEW where you're like, man, I really liked when they did this. I really liked during this period of AEW, a lot of that revolved around these people. It revolved around the elite. It revolved around the Bucks, Omega, Hangman Page. And so for me to kind of see them bring this all back, and incorporate the Blackpool Combat Club into this, I think it's kind of a really great way to kind of get the show feeling a little bit of, uh, feeling, having the show, I don't want to say busy, but having it feel like a big deal. Like to me, this feels like a big deal that we're kind of bringing, these, uh, bringing this all in. In terms of Don Callis and whether or not he's going to go over with the Blackpool Combat Club, that would be interesting because we did have William Regal, was part of the Blackpool Combat Club. And, you know, that whole thing ended up coming undone. And the Blackpool Combat Club has sort of been a little bit, I don't know, it hasn't felt complete, right? You got Yuda out there, you got Moxley, you got uh, Claudio. But what's going on with Brian Danielson? And it's just, it doesn't feel complete as it did uh, in the very beginning when they had Regal and, and Danielson and all these people, right? So now it kind of feels like, hmm, What is Don Callis working at? What is Don Callis' master plan? Uh, What is his component in all of this right now? Uh, So that, to me, is probably one of the intriguing portions of this. And that is how we closed out the show, by the way. Uh, So thank you so much to Nick Rossa for sending in this super chat. And I'm going to go ahead and pull out um, some more of your guys' comments here. And... um, Mm -hmm. Oh, my God. Sorry, guys. My throat's so messed up. All right. Let's see what else we got. This is from CyberPool. Uh, CyberPal, excuse me. It says, Vikingo's triple o reign is 400-plus days. Omega's is 700-plus. Uh, they can build to a title rematch next spring in Mexico. Dude, that would be freaking crazy. I I, I don't think this is going to be the last time that we see uh, Kenny Omega and Vikingo. So I really hope we do get to see more of them. Um, more of them on the on any show really. I will take it in AEW, I will take it in AAA, I will take it down the street from my house, I don't care. I will definitely do that. Um, we got a super chat here from our Ernie Phoenix 23. Thank you so much to Ernie who says, "Vikingo versus Omega was fire and the aftermatch uh, was amazing. Another five-star dynamite." I really thought that everything that occurred previously on the show was kind of just okay um there were some things that i like and i'll talk about those once i get to those but to me really it was just the ending of dynamite that if i'm gonna be like throwing all my little stars or whatever uh i don't know i don't i don't want to i don't want to steal dave's thing so let me see what can i throw what can i throw out at, at 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 uh huh what should i give huh I'm thinking for a second. If I could rank this in terms of bagels, because I really love bagels, I would be throwing out like 60 bagels right now (laughs) at these guys, man. Uh, Honestly, though, for reals, this was... Top stuff, top-notch stuff. Thank you so much to Ernie Phoenix for sending that in. Uh, Sheldon Jackson sends in a super chat saying, I was kind of hoping Jeff Cobb showed up instead of the BCC at the end of the show since he called out Kenny Omega at the New Japan Cup Finals and said that he was coming for the IWGP US Championship. All right, so there's another guy that I really love. I freaking love Jeff Jeff Cobb because Jeff Cobb is um, those really big dudes. He's freaking huge, but he goes out there and he – Is this powerhouse, this he will eat you alive, beat the crap out of you type of guy. And so when I saw that, when I saw that he called out Kenny Omega, I thought, hell yes how freaking yes because i know that they will put on some good stuff together and that's what i mean like this is what we've been missing from kenny omega because obviously he's been gone and there was the whole brawl out and everything that kind of p- postponed all of this like this is what i had been missing all of these different matches all of these different type of match scenarios that we can be seen uh so this to me is another thing that's very exciting and jeff cobb man he's somebody that's been killing it now for for a very long time especially um, uh, you know, everything that he's been doing both in the U.S. and in, in Japan as well. Um, so this is something that I do hope. Uh, I don't know. Did he say when he was going to be showing up? I don't recall him saying when. Someone please correct me on that one because I'm kind of blanking on it. Um, so I'm hoping. I don't know. when it. Whenever it does happen, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, thank you so much to Sheldon Jackson for sending this in as well and for reminding me about that because, oh, yeah. William Pickham sends in the super chat saying hopefully this means that Don Callis brings in Takeshita over to the BCC. Well, remember, he was trying to uh, recruit him for a bit. Uh, We haven't circled back on that. That was a while back. That was what, like maybe a couple weeks ago? Not too long ago, but uh, a couple weeks ago for sure. Uh, Thank you so much to William Pickham for also sending this in. And yes, Takeshita would be somebody that that was the thing. Like I remember when he put out the that when he kind of put out that offer to Takeshita, it was not a pairing that I necessarily predicted or imagined. But once you see it, you kind of want to, once they put the idea, the concept out there, you kind of want to see it play out. Uh, Takeshita is definitely one that I would love to see uh, get pulled in there with the elite. That would be very interesting. Uh, So we'll see. Uh, Thank you so much to William for sending in this super chat as well. And I like how everybody's like throwing in... um, some things that I can <laughs> how I can rate these matches. Yes, you get five bagels. Congratulations. Uh, Blair uh, Blair Ilyasen sends in a super chat thank you so much for this generous super chat Blair as she says that LA area tornado wow great AEW show Sky Blue is going to be a star take care of voice because your area is epicenter of pro wrestling next week dude you're telling me this is an insane week for me because not only do I have my normal slate of shows my normal slate of work, but I also have busted open radio and my first show is on Saturday. And then on top of that, I work right afterwards. Uh, um, There's going to be an MMA show, and I'm one of the interviewers there. So I'm like, ah. And then on top of that, we got WrestleMania next week, and there's like a million freaking – There's a million freaking events going on. It's really crazy, honestly. If you guys could see the list of all of the WWE media events that they're doing, you would be like, what the hell? There's just so much going on. Um, And then in terms of the tornado, guys, I can't believe it. That tornado, a tornado in L.A., what? It happened 20 minutes from my house. Uh, I couldn't believe it. 20 minutes from my house and freaking Montebello. I know the area. I know the street where it occurred and all of that. And I'm going there and there's, I mean, I'm going on the internet and I see this and I'm like, what Montebello, a freaking tornado. And I'm watching the videos of people's windows coming out and the roof, the roof of the, or whatever they were working at coming out and the windows of their cars, like literally exploding. I've never seen anything like that. So I I I was, like, just thinking what the hell is going on. And then as for Sky Blue, uh, we're going to talk about her in just a second. But she's definitely somebody that we have, I think, for a long time now. If you've been seeing her on AEW, I think a lot of people have kind of been saying this like oh we can't wait till she breaks out till she breaks out and sky blue is honestly one of the people that i feel whenever she gets opportunities on aw she kind of gets the best in terms of there's a lot of girls we kind of see come and go that are not really featured um performers yet on the show but they're kind of used in these um you know used in these uh, minor spots on the show but sky blue is one that kind of gets the most out of those uh out of those spots out of those opportunities she was the one that I remember saying I thought her match with Jade Cargill was probably one of the best ones that we had seen um from all of the matches that we had seen Jade in with all of these different women sky blue was to me one of the strongest ones that they did um so personally I you know I'm so happy for her I think she's she's definitely and I feel like I've been saying the same thing with sky blue but she's definitely one that the second they really decide to you know focus on her in in a different type of focus then i think she's gonna be a fan fa- i mean she's already a fan favorite but maybe even more so of a fan favorite uh we got a super chat here from grapple geekery says five bucks for the cough drop fun i have i have the halls i have the halls guys i have the halls i have the theraflu it's literally just a sore throat it's i hate it and but it it feels okay right now It feels okay, Grapple Geekery. Thank you so much for the uh, super chat. All right, everyone. So let's press on from here. And I'm going to go ahead and rewind to some of the stuff that we haven't talked about yet on the show. Um, But pretty much the majority of this podcast was going to be about Vikingo and Kenny Omega. So we got our opening match, which was Orange Cassidy, Darby Ellen, and Sting taking on the Butcher and the Blade and Kip Sabian. And truthfully, guys, like, I'm going to be honest with you guys. There was a lot here on the show that I didn't really feel that strongly about. I was kind of sitting there going, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, thank you. Next, I'm ready. I'm ready for the main event. That was kind of, like, the feeling. And here's the thing, though, that sometimes when you, you don't want to get that feeling in <sighs> – How do I explain this? I was kind of hoping that some of these matches would snap me out of that because when a match is really good, even if you're waiting for something else to happen or for you're waiting for another match you really want to see, when a match is really good, it pulls you in. And I didn't think that there was anything like that on the show today that kind of made me go oh damn I'm really interested in this match like I thought this match was okay it was fun you know it's been a hot minute since we've seen, since we've seen Sting um, there was some obviously you always are going to get a great reaction whenever you have Sting out there and of course Orange Cassidy and Darby because they're incredibly popular I've always been a fan of the Butcher and the Blade but I almost feel like because they're, they went such a long time without really doing much with the Butcher and the Blade that now I kind of just see them in the same spot. And once I see guys like in the same spot all the time, it's a little bit harder for me to gain interest. And that's kind of the same thing with Kip Sabian. So I kind of felt like a lot of what we were seeing today was more so of like, okay, I know these guys are definitely not going to win. And so I don't necessarily have as much interest in the match, right? I like it to be sort of an even type of deal. But for this one here, really the highlight was just seeing, uh, you know, the interactions with Orange Cassidy, Darby and Sting. And then of course, Sting hitting the Scorpion death drop and getting the win for his team. And then, that was pretty much that. So it was an okay opener. It was okay. Um, but we need to talk about the four pillars once again, because right after this, we went into kind of a recap slash vignette of Darby, Jungle Boy, uh, Sammy, and MJF. We talked about this last week because last week, this was legitimately my favorite thing on the show. Actually ended up being one of my favorite things that I saw throughout the entire week was that interaction that we had between MJF and all of these guys. And for me, they did a really good job today with this quick little vignette, even though they weren't on the show, they just did a quick little video package um, kind of, pretty much saying the same things you know jungle boy saying he's gonna become a champion on his own sammy saying it's his destiny to become champion uh mjf basically saying that they need to earn their title shot he's already beat them all so they don't necessarily deserve one according to mjf because he's already beat them and so now they really just need to go out there and keep getting them wins and um They kind of tease this happening at double or nothing because after the match, they had Darby staring at the double or nothing banner. So I'm expecting this to be, uh, you know, a fatal four way at double or nothing. And I feel like that would probably be the best option. So you can get all of these guys mixing it up in there uh, versus just like one guy uh, versus just seeing just Darby even though Darby and MJF did have a fabulous match, but versus just seeing a singles match, I would like it to be the fatal four way itself at double or nothing. So I kind of hope we keep like where all of these guys are just going out there and getting these wins. And next thing, you know, it's like they can't decide who should be in this match or something. And then it ends up just being all of them. So this was a very quick, um, very quick portion there of the show. Um, All right. So let's see what else we got here. Um, this one is uh, next up we have uh, the guns versus top flight but before we get to that we got a very generous super chat from Heidi Ho Uh, thank you so much to Heidi Ho who says sorry I'm tuning in late I was kind of down on the show and then the women's match and that fire ass main event made it all worthwhile my first time seeing Bakingo hope he's around more thank you so much for reminding me by the way of that women's match because I did enjoy that as I was obviously just talking about sky blue Um, so thank you so much for reminding me about that because I did enjoy that match a whole lot Um, I'll talk about that more in a second, but I do agree. Though I did think that a lot of everything else that we saw at the top of the show really wasn't that great. And I'm gonna go into the Guns versus Top Flight right now, and I didn't like this. I didn't really did not care for this, and the reason I didn't care for it, I know the Guns had help um, in defeating Top Flight, but Top Flight was a team that for a good period of time was really being booked very, very strongly. I mean, they were going out there and having these phenomenal matches with uh, the Young Bucks, with the Blackpool Combat Club. I mean, they were really, really doing good stuff. And for me, to go into this match with the Guns, take the L, I'm like, oh, no, because to me, I just see them on two totally different. Different levels, you know. I see the guns as kind of just. I almost feel like they're just holding on to the championship now at this point, just to. I don't even like. I just. I. I know they're gonna lose to FTR. They gotta lose to FTR. If they don't lose to FTR, I'm gonna be like, "What the hell are we doing, guys?" Um. But still, it's like I didn't really want to see top flight in this particular spot. I would have preferred to see. Uh, anybody else and maybe another tag team i don't care who but i just feel like top flight had so much good stuff happen with them earlier on in the year and even late last year that i just don't this to me was a big step down for the presentation that we've been seeing of top flight so anyways i thought this was super lame really i did but anyways this leads into what we're actually going to be seeing between the guns and ftr so we know FTR, we have to see FTR win here. We just have to, we have to like, this is clearly, I look personally, I was hoping that they got this done a lot faster, but it seems like they're holding off just a tad bit, but basically they go out there. FTR asks for a title shot. The guns is like, no, we already beat you. We don't have to do this title shot. We don't have to give you a title shot. We don't want to give you a title shot. And um, afterwards, They're kind of throwing out some ideas of what they can do to convince them to take the title shot. This all leads to FTR saying that if they can't beat the guns and win the titles, that they will quit AEW. Now, eventually, a deal is made after this. So we are going to be seeing the guns versus FTR. Um. Afterwards, they spit in their face, this and that. I like the stipulation because there's been a lot of, you know, rumors and a lot of talk is FTR leaving AEW or they not leaving AEW. They talk about it a lot. Well, Dax talks about it a lot in his podcast where he talks about the potential of going to WWE. That they don't know what to do after their contracts run out and this and that. And so there's been a lot of conversation about FTR and what they're going to be doing, uh, you know, after AEW or if there's even an after after AEW, so i kind of feel like this was a good stipulation for that particular portion of it all but for me i'm just ready to see ftr just get these titles if they don't i would be surprised but they definitely have to so this to me feels pretty straightforward have ftr win the titles And let's move on. Pretend this never happened. Uh, Heidi Ho, thank you so much for the super chat. I really appreciated a whole lot. I grapple geekery sends in a super chat saying the guns are working a show near me on Saturday. Can't decide if I want to go yell ass boys at them or not. Hey man, you don't always get opportunities to go out in public and start yelling ass boys to people. So this might be your only shot grapple geekery. So if you want to go out there and have an excuse to be yelling out ass boys, this is it, man. This is your opportunity. Uh, so there you go. Uh, let's see what else we got here and see what people are saying. This is from R Riggs who says, I like the guns. I think everyone, anyone mentally. St- oh, I thought you were talking about where are you talking about the guns <laughs> or are you talking about guts? <laughs> I don't know what's going on in the chat. I thought you were talking about the guns. Um, okay. I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. Wait, I get the joke now. I get the joke now. Our Riggs was making a joke and it took me a lot longer to get it. He says, I like guns. I think everyone mentally stable should own one. So the brothers are about the only guns I don't want to (laughs) see. Oh God, I'm not even going to get into that right now. But okay, I get the joke now. It took me a second. I'm like, wait. Where are you going with this? Where are we going with this? Um, All right. Look, I'm not feeling the guns, you know, bless their hearts. I'm just not feeling the creative around them. When they defeated Top Flight, it was crickets. I mean, you could literally hear the guy in the 50th row eating nachos because nobody reacted to it at all. Okay. At all. All right. And I'm sorry. I'm just not a fan. Uh, Please. Let's just there's just there's. I mean, come on. Like, there's so many other teams that could be champs right now that you could be doing something with. Uh, the acclaims, they just, and they, they were so hot, the acclaims, and they still are because people love the acclaims. But they, it, it, they just ended it too soon for the acclaimed, man. I would have much preferred, and I know that maybe this wasn't going to work out, and I get it, baby faces and heels and this and that. I'm not stupid. But I would have much preferred to see the acclaimed versus FTR and see FTR defeat them. I would have preferred that. Honestly, I just feel like the acclaimed was robbed of really having an opportunity to hold on to those championships and kind of make their mark in AEW as AEW tag team title champions. I feel like that was kind of taken from them a little bit too fast. So that's where I'm at on all of this. Um, but there we go. Um, after this, we did get a backstage segment with Jade Cargill and uh You know, last week we spent a lot of time talking about Taya Valkyrie uh, because she made her debut into AEW. And basically today we had uh, Mark Sterling issue a cease and desist on Taya Valkyrie for uh, quote unquote stealing or using Jade's minute finisher in uh, the jaded. As we know, that's also Taya's finisher. But I like that they're incorporating this into the actual storyline. Uh, I think it's kind of funny and it works. And it gives Mark Sterling a little something to do there. So, uh, some good stuff there. I, I'm, I've already spent too much time talking about this on last week's show. So, I don't want to say the same thing because i don't got nothing new to add. But after this, we got a match that, surprisingly, I did not hate at all. Like, I didn't hate this. This was super hokey, but I, I loved it. I actually really loved it. And it was Stokely Hathaway versus Hook. When it comes to comedy and wrestling, I'm so cool with comedy and wrestling. Like, I don't care. I love comedy and wrestling. But I love it when it's people that can actually be comedic. When they have that natural comedic instinct. And not a lot of people do. And I think that's what they were trying to do with the guns for a while. And it wasn't working. Now, whatever. I'm not gonna go back to that. I'm moving on to something new. But Stokely Hathaway versus Hook. Now, for me, <laughs> Stokely Hathaway's the man, man. He's freaking funny as hell. He goes out there and he's being promoted as being as smart as an owl, and I don't know whatever their nonsense they're promoting him as. But he goes out there and he says that unfortunately, he's not medically cleared to compete and that he has a note and I don't know what else. And then he says, also, I would like to announce that I am retiring. Stop it. This killed me. I could not stop laughing about this because I wasn't expecting the man to come out there and be like, oh, yeah, I'm not medically cleared. And also, this also happens to be my retirement. <laughs> this was too funny i'm sorry it, 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 you only can have certain people uh deliver these types of lines and actually have it work and then he even says something about he acknowledges his 12 fans in the audience this was funny he he's a very good at doing the funny stuff but anyways they call bs on it he has to do the match he runs away hook chases after him hook brings him back suplexes him throws him into the ring and they end up having a a mini hardcore match yes we got a mini hardcore match today with Stokely Hathaway you know what that means Stokely Hathaway is hardcore ladies and gents uh he is hardcore (laughs) Stokely Hathaway brings out a fire extinguisher uh sprays it onto the face of Hook uh it's obviously not enough Hook gets the advantage, gets him with the chair shot a bunch of times, suplexes him into the barricade, then hits him with the, um, locks in the red rum, gets the win. I thought this was brief, short, and fun. This was really, this could have been god awful and it could have hurt Hook and it could have ruined Stokely Hathaway's comedic t- um presence. And it did not. It actually made me, I like that I got to see Hook do something different because for the most part, they kind of were doing the same thing with Hook. This is probably the most different thing that they've had Hook do. So I did like that. And then I also like that Stokely Hathaway. Hey, this was entertaining. This was fun. I really enjoyed it. Um, AFC and TP says, looking forward to the Stokely Hathaway retirement ceremony tribute edition of Dynamite next week. They should definitely do that. Uh, Simeon says, this was a really fun comedy wrestling match while being serious at the same time. Stokely is straight out of the 90s black comedy movie. I freaking love Stokely, man. I swear. Uh, Scoucher Boy says, Hardcore Hathaway, the double H. He's double H, Hardcore Hathaway. Um, it was good stuff, honestly. This could have been terrible. This could have been terrible, and it ended up being really good. Anyways, after this, we get Adam Cole. So Adam Cole is going to be making his uh, return to the ring in seven days next week. Uh, this was announced a while back when they announced a W all access. He's talking about how he feels great and this and that. And then he says, well, now it's time to talk about who my opponent is going to be. Cause everybody's been wondering who Adam Cole's first opponent is going to be. There was a lot of people with some really big ideas of predictions in terms of who they thought his opponent was going to be. And, Daniel Garcia interrupts him and basically says, you know, I I wanted like he basically he so he goes out there and he starts saying that since Adam Cole has been gone, that he is the locker room leader and that everybody respects him and this and that. So he's talking out of his butt. Right. And then he says that he he says I've been proving that I'm one of the best wrestlers and he kind of stops before he finishes wrestlers and corrects himself because he's part of the Jericho Appreciation Society and they're not wrestlers or sports entertainers. So he <laughs> corrects himself to actually being a sports entertainer. Um, but, pretty much you get some back and forth here. You got Adam. Keith tells Adam Cole like, Oh, what makes you special? I'm out here beating all these people and you haven't done anything. And Adam Cole, is like when the bell rings, that that's what makes me special. And he, Adam Cole talks about how there was a moment where he thought he wasn't going to wrestle again. And he was hoping and praying that he would. And so this all leads to Adam Cole versus Daniel Garcia. in a match that's happening next week on dynamite. And, I'm going to be honest, though. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm sort of it was weird because Daniel Garcia was not a person that I thought was going to be Adam Cole's first match. Like he really wasn't the person that I predicted or even thought would be Adam Cole's first match. But for some odd reason, I don't hate the idea. Like, I don't hate it. It's a little bit on this. To me, it kind of felt a little bit like, oh, I was really expecting, you know, like maybe a big name for this to feel really huge. Um, I was kind of expecting it to go down that direction. But when I thought about it, I'm like, well, why was I real? why was I expecting that? Why was I necessarily expecting like such a big name? Like, yeah, he's coming back, but this is a match on dynamite. So I'm like, okay, fine. Daniel Garcia has gone out there and had some really good matches and he's really been coming into his own over the last year. So in first, at first, I kind of felt just a slight bit of disappointment with the reveal, but afterwards, it kind of set in and I'm like, okay, you know what? They can do something really good here. So I'm not opposed to this whatsoever. I think they can actually have a really uh, entertaining matchup based on what I've seen with Daniel, what we've seen with Daniel Garcia. We've seen him in a lot of, you know, bigger deal matches so he's kind of i think he's definitely the person or one of the people to have this opportunity with adam cole so it's fine guys it's definitely fine um let's see what else we got here um yeah brandon stark says i definitely didn't see cole versus garcia but i'm not complaining like i said uh i don't think it's really it's really you know what many people predicted but this here we go this is from richard who says it's because of the hype around his return match made it sound bigger it did i think because the way that they made the announcement and it kind of felt like they were uh, i don't know they were it felt like they, it felt like they were targeting the specific date for something bigger than just the aw all access show in particular for adam cole so i think that's part of the reason that Maybe we thought, oh, he's going to go and face this person or that person, but it's fine with Daniel Garcia. Again, he's somebody that's part of, you know, Jericho Appreciation Society. He's had good matches. Like I said, he's come into his own, so it should be OK. All righty. And we got people saying that they think that yeah yeah, shady havoc says, I think you're sleeping on Daniel Garcia. It's not that I'm sleeping on Daniel Garcia. It's just that he wasn't the person that I was expecting. Um. But again, once I kind of thought about it, I was like, okay, I see what they're doing here. I see what they're doing here. It might not have been my first pick, but I get it. Um, After this, we had Jon Moxley versus Stu Grayson. And this is another match where I kind of felt earlier when I said that I feel like some matches, you just know what you're going to get. And the John Moxley, Stu Grayson match. I kind of knew what I was going to get from this one. I thought we had a great performance from Stu Grayson. I thought he did phenomenal in this actually. So even though I ended up enjoying this match a little bit more than I previously expected, it was just an okay match for me. John Moxley gets the win. Um, it was fine. Ricky Starks issues an open challenge and basically issues it to juice Robinson and tells him it's up to you if you want to accept it or not. And uh, that's going to, he's going to be appearing on rampage Ricky Starks. And I guess, There is where I'm expecting Juice Robinson to actually accept this matchup. Uh, So, am expecting it to happen at Rampage. Also, Rampage is going to be on a Saturday this week. So that means that my Friday show is going to be literally just SmackDown. And I'm going to go live immediately after SmackDown. So I'm totally cool with that because uh, I have to wake up early on Saturday. So I'm totally okay with going to sleep an hour earlier um, than I normally do. Cool with that. Uh, we got a super chat here from John Deller who says, You doing anything special with Rampage on Saturday instead of Friday? "Um, No, I'm definitely not. So I'm... uh." Doing for this particular Friday, I'm going to watch SmackDown. After SmackDown, I will be live here to talk about SmackDown. And then I'm not going to be doing a post show for Rampage because I had a booking already in line. Uh, I mentioned that I'm going to be doing backstage interviews at an MMA show called Up Next Fighting. I work for them and they pay me very well. And I like doing that. So I'm definitely going to be there. Uh, So I will be doing that. And, you know, it's something that I had already booked way in advance and doing um doing a post show just for rampage i feel like it probably wouldn't be like i don't know it it doesn't feel like i have to do a post show for it you know i can i can go one week and be okay uh but thank you so much to john della for sending in this super chat and for asking by the way i'm sorry but yeah i already had this booking and i yeah i definitely have to do that uh thank you so much though for sending in this super chat um okay so let's see what else we got here we got qtv everybody so qtv some funny stuff in here basically kind of it's sort of like this uh you know we mentioned last week that it's like a tmz type deal but if tmz only covered wrestling that was is but also making like a mock like making a mockery of uh you know like wrestling podcasters and wrestling people that create content and stuff like that, and people that break news. That's literally what QTV is. So I think it's hilarious. QTV, uh, QT starts off with like, he's like, Come on, guys, I'm looking for scoops. I'm looking for scoops. And I was like, Oh, my God, that is so funny. Um, You know, he's going out there looking for scoops, right? And then they have, uh, they pull up the clip of Ray Phoenix and powerhouse Hobbs from Rampage. I did get to watch that, by the way, I made sure to go out of my way to watch that because I was not not going to skip that match. Um I liked it for what it was. Honestly, it was a fine little matchup. But anyways, so you know, they show Phoenix getting beat, etc. They're making fun of Hobbs. They're making fun of Phoenix. Uh, they even mentioned having an observer account. Uh, that was kind of funny. So they're kind of just, you know, making a mockery. I think it's great. I think it's fun. Uh, I actually really like this concept. And I would really, honestly, I would really love to kind of hear how QT put this all together. Because it's pretty clever in the way that. They are making a a mockery out of all of this, but they're also kind of pushing forward in terms of pushing some of these storylines forward. So I really like QTV. Like this could have been awful, but it's okay. I actually really, I really like this. Um, I liked it more this week actually than I did last week. Like last week, I just thought, "Uh aha, that's funny, it's TMZ. But this time I thought it felt like it had a little bit more of a purpose. Um, So I did like this week's a little bit more. Of course, last week they did reveal though about the uh, break-in, so there's that. But anyways, we um got a fun match here. This is the last thing we got to talk about because I already talked about the main event, but we got to talk about Tony Storm versus Sky Blue. So we mentioned Sky Blue earlier and basically how she kind of always like whenever she gets these spots, they let her really make the most of it. And during this match, you know, she pretty much got the best out of Tony Storm at the start of this match. Like she really went for it. They gave her a lot of offense during this match. Um there was a moment where uh Tony Storm hits her with the hip attack, sends her to the outside and then sky blue is basically jumped by ruby and soraya while the referee is distracted by tony storm so we do get to see some of that of course they play into the outcast and all of that um afterwards we see back in the ring i thought this was going to be a quick squash no they really did give a lot more to sky blue there so that was fun um Afterwards, uh, she hits the, she even gets her code blue. Uh, she's like about to get the win, but Ruby is distracting the referee. Um, and then finally, uh, we end up seeing another, uh, we end up seeing another hip attack from Tony Storms. Then she hit the German suplex and then she hits a Storm Zero. So she literally hits everything and she gets the win on Sky Blue. The only criticism that I have of this, and it's kind of more of like a pet peeve because I mentioned this last time in, um, When Riho was being outnumbered, I'm like, okay, you guys are all fully aware now. That Soraya and Ruby and Tony are not going to be playing by the rules. You know this already. So I feel like they should have. We knew that Willow or Riho or somebody was going to come out afterwards, which we did see Willow and Riho come out afterwards. The only thing is, I kind of wish that they were out there already because it was obvious. You already know that they're going to get involved in the match. So you guys should get together, have each other's backs, and not wait until afterwards and maybe be out there before uh you know during the match you know basically keeping an eye out on those girls and making sure that they don't uh somehow get involved in this match and screw sky blue right because they gotta have each other's backs that's the whole thing here um so i did kind of think that it was a little lame for them just to come out afterwards and do the run-in because that's what they did last week or the week before that I forget what week but to me they should have already been out there because they already know like this is not new information We know the outcasts are going to cheat. They're going to do what they need to do to cause damage or whatever. But they should have already been out there. So that's where I'm at with that. Um, But let's see what else we got here and see what people are saying. This is from William who says that uh, Tony always makes her opponents look great. Kudos to both women. She does. She really does. So uh, she's got some good matches there. Um, All right. Let's see what else we got here. (laughs) Rick says, I do laugh every time I see Riho with a pipe. She looks really cool with that pipe. She looks like she's just gonna kill every MFer who gets in her way, man. Really. Um, alrighty, everyone. So I talked about everything already. That was AW Rampage. I'm um, sorry, dynamite. Oh my God. I was thinking about Rampage because I was about to promote the show. <laughs> Oh, we got a super chat here from Heidi Ho. Uh, says I can't remember the last time AEW had a women's match that was this good. More of this, please. Yeah, they've they've had quite a bit, honestly. Um, not too recently. It, the problem is that it's too sporadic. Like all this stuff happens sporadically, so you tend to forget. But they do have them. They definitely do have them. They're just a little bit too spaced out. Um, but Heidi Ho, I appreciate the super chat a whole lot, really. Um, all right, let's see what else we got here. Um. Alrighty, that's it guys that was the show um, so I will be back on Friday and once again Friday I'll just be doing Smackdown and I'll be live immediately after Smackdown so it'll be a little bit of a different show but uh, just a heads up everyone next week is Wrestlemania week it's going to be super crazy super bananas uh, please if you haven't already head on over to youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo because I'm going to be posting all of my content um, from Wrestlemania week there uh, try to get us, I'm going to try to get as much stuff as I possibly can so please head on over there youtube.com slash denise salcedo click that subscribe button i'm less than like 4500 way less than 4500 subscribers away from 100k um i'm definitely thinking it's gonna happen after wrestlemania so hopefully if you guys haven't already this is your friendly reminder um but other than that i will see you guys back here on friday for smackdown bye everyone take care